Welcome to the Inside Slant Podcast. Inside Slant Podcast. Brought to you by JayhawkSlant.com. Shay, where do you rank Bill Self's class? It's definitely one of the top 10 classes in the country. Bringing you all the latest info from the coaches, players, and recruits. Kirby, how big is this commitment? Well, he's the type of recruit that can change the whole class. For all of the latest KU news, analysis, and discussion, go online to JayhawkSlant.com. The online leader in recruiting and team coverage. Here's the staff from JayhawkSlant.com. Hey everybody, this is Randy Withers. Welcome into another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We're going to talk KU hoops and KU football. We're going to answer questions from subscribers on our message boards at the end of each segment. We're going to talk recruiting, the crazy world of the transfer portal, NIL, and we're also going to be joined by the latest KU commit from the transfer portal, tight end Deshaun Hanneke. We have so much to cover. I'm not messing around. We're going to get right into this thing. Let me introduce our man on the men's basketball beat, my buddy Shay Wildeboer. Shay, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, buddy. I'm sitting down here in my office area down here with the in front of the Christmas tree. I see Kemper's got the – we've got this digital Christmas reader that's telling me I got 11 days until the big day. And <laughs> I got he's got the fireplace going and the, the we got the stockings are on the hung on the mantle with care. And so, yeah, man, we're – we're ready here. We are, uh, you know, it's amazing how I can remember being a kid and like loving this time so much. And now here I am with my own kid. And um, so it brings back a lot of memories, man. But I'm I'm blessed to be here. I'm glad to be here and uh, looking forward to another podcast with the boys. Shay, I, you, I couldn't have said it any better. You know, it's, let's let's go ahead and bring in Kirby, our man on the Kansas football beat and the publisher of Jayhawk Slant, John Kirby. John, how are you? Doing well. Like Shay just said, man, Christmas time, it's there. And both my boys just got back from KU today. So mm-hmm. it's, um, is the, it's is a, the pantry in the, are the pantry and the refrigerator already empty oh, yeah, or have sure. you had to refill them all again? In the first, in the first half an hour, all I heard was what is there eat? What is there to eat around here? Right, <laughs> right, right. It's all listen, and I'll and I'll never forget this. We had a we did a, a a segment like right when the boys left for school, and I'll remember I'll never forget it. Kirby said something. He said he walked by, and for the first time in his life, or since his boys had been born, he walked by both rooms, and both rooms were empty. And I remember thinking to myself, personally, what a crushing blow that was to hear that. Because I mean, it for a dad. Um, I know Randy, you haven't experienced that yet, but I mean, for like, I can't imagine like next year or two years from now, walking by Kemper's room and him not being there. It's mm. different. It is different because you know, for, and I'm not a, I'm not a super sentimental guy or anything, but I mean, when, when that day that you walk past the two bedrooms, all of our bedrooms are upstairs. Right. When, mm-hmm. when you walk past these two bedrooms and you know, they're now empty with both boys gone for the first time in 18 years, it mm. is, it's a, it's a different feel, but you know, they, mm. uh, Hey, it's a uh, part of getting old. Now I, I will say this, <laughs> mm. I mean, there's, there's a big difference between my two boys because one came back and he's got nothing to do. And then right. Andrew comes back and you know, he's in the KU track program mm-hmm. and he has a workout schedule 
daily oh, yeah. that he's got to do. And I know he said something about he was even going to go back to Lawrence next week and, and vault with the coach there. And, and, and you know, he's got to be back to Lawrence on J- January 2nd. So his oh, wow. break, yeah, his break is, is much different than my other boys, but it's good to have him back home. And Hey, it's, uh, it's getting close. You know, it, it's, yep. I, I it'll be love, here soon, man. We'll be opening them gifts, and oh boy, it'll be time to go. I, I love this time of year, and and obviously, I mean, there's there's so much going on. Obviously, with KU athletics, aside from just the just the holiday stuff, you know, let's let's go ahead and jump right into this thing. You know, Shay, it, it might not have been the blowout that a lot of KU fans were were hoping for or or really expecting, but it was another big win over Missouri in Allen Fieldhouse. What were your takeaways from last Saturday and, and, and just what stood out to you the most about the win? Yeah, no, I sat here, Randy, about a week ago at this time. And I told you and Bo John that I expected it to be a blowout. And I, and I didn't say, and I didn't say that out of disrespect to Missouri or about the, the, the program. I just simply felt that when it comes to this rivalry, that Kansas is is simply playing at a different level in terms of how they approach this game. Yeah. You know, and I said this, you know, in 2012, Thomas Robinson kind of set the scene in the second half and then with his block um, and, and how that game all played out and he was going to be back. Um, you know, obviously the first two games um, since the series had been resumed, Kansas won by a combined 65 points. Um, so I figured that they would come in and really clean house. And it was the complete opposite of how I anticipated the game playing out. You know, I think Missouri got up to a nine point lead. Uh, I think it was 15 to six. Um, you know, they were mm-hmm. hitting a bunch of shots and you can kind of tell in, in the field house, um, the players were frustrated a little bit at some of the calls, some of the shots Missouri was waking, which they had no control over. Um, the fans were getting frustrated and you could just kind of tell a little anticipation building up. Um, and I kind of had a feeling, Rain, something needed to happen. They needed a spark. You know, they ended that first half on the 20-2 to run. And for me, obviously, the big – and I loved it because I even asked Coach Dennis Gates about it. I said, you know, how big of shot was that um, three-point, four-point play that El Marco hit? And he went in and talked about, well, how, you know, Missouri led for 14 minutes and how, you know, come see me when the next team that does that and, and this and that and – very complimentary of Kansas, was very excited with how his team played, and, and rightfully so. But to me, you know, the game turned when El Marco hit that shot. The corner three was fouled, hit the four-point play, and then Kansas never trailed again. They were in need of some stops and hitting some timely shots, and that certainly happened, especially late in the first half against Missouri. And, and in the second half, you know, they were they were up 18 um, I think Missouri cut it to nine. They could Kansas could never quite get over the hump, could never close the door on them, but a huge win, you know. Thomas Robinson's day, Jersey retired. He had his um, his wife there, and his son, and his daughter, and it was um, it was a day that was filled with a lot of emotion, um, a lot of anticipation, um, and, it, and it didn't end necessarily the way that I'm sure a lot of people thought, including myself. But you move to nine and one, you win your fourth straight game over your most bitter rival. Um, and you can look forward to another year of, um, I guess, as they say, bragging rights. And and listen, Kansas hasn't been perfect by any means, by any stretch, um, you know, but they just continue to find a way um, to make plays down the stretch to get key victories. And um, that was certainly the case against Missouri on Saturday. You know, next up, we've got a road trip to Indiana before the Jayhawks host 
Yale in Allen Fieldhouse. What are your thoughts on the game against the Hoosiers? I know you just got back from Bill Self's press conference. When you look ahead to this one at IU, what do you see? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Randy. You know, uh, this is a team, and, and, I, and I had to do a double take on this. This is a team this season that is just 31 of 144 from behind the arc. They've hit a grand total of, in through, I think, 10 games, um, 31 shots from behind the arc. Um, obviously, they're being led by their big man, Kellel Well, where who's averaging a little under 17. Um, and I think and I think uh, self said it perfectly today. You know, I asked him, uh, despite Indiana's struggles shooting the ball, you know, what has to happen? This is a team that hasn't hit more than six threes at any point in the season in the game. I think their two leading um, three point shooters are Kellel Well, Kellel Ware and uh, Mackenzie Mabucco, who obviously everybody remembers him. Every Kansas fans remembers him. Both of those guys have hit a total of 12, six each three. So I think the team um, that has the ability to have success from the perimeter, I think that'll be the difference. Obviously, you know, Hunter's got a big matchup with Kell-El. Um, You know, they want to keep Galloway out of the paint, as Coach Self advertised today. And for me, the question is, is who are going to be some KU guys that step up? You know, obviously we've seen uh, Kevin McCuller step up recently. You know, you've got Dewan Harris. Um, you know, keep an eye on um, on KJ Adams, who didn't practice today, who's out with – um, you know, he's under the weather coat, so hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. Who knows if he'll beat 100%. Um, you know, if there's foul trouble, you know, if shots aren't falling, if the lineup's not cooking, who off the bench is going to provide a spark? You know, can you get something from Nicholas Timberlake? Uh, can you get something from Parker Brown? Uh, you know, Johnny Furphy. Um, you know, can Dewan Harris, is this the game where he can kind of, you know, I hate to use the term breakout because, you know, he's been KU's point guard for what seems like forever. Yeah. A forward general, a guy that's led you to a national championship. Um, a guy that's really done an amazing job of distributing the basketball. He's had some turnover problems this year. This is going to be a hostile environment. This is going to be something that Kansas hasn't seen outside of Allen Fieldhouse this year. And how do they adjust? You know, Auburn's come, or um, excuse me, Indiana's coming off, um, you know, two double-digit losses. They lost two Connecticut by 20, and then Auburn got them big last Saturday. I mean, they that was never a game. I think Auburn hit 14 of 29 threes. Um, and really just kind of blitzed Indiana. Indiana's coming home. You know, it's it's one of those games where it's break time. Um, and, you know, how does Kansas respond? This is a game on paper I believe that Kansas should win. Whether that happens or not, I have no idea. You know, they're going to have to hit shots. They're going to have to play composed. You know, if Indiana comes out and, and hits them with a run early, if they're down 9 or 10, how does Kansas respond? You know, when you've got 20,000 people on top here or whatever assembly hall holds, how do you respond to that? Um you know, how do you adjust? Uh, how do you deal with certain matchups, whether it be with Kel Elwell or McKenzie um, uh, Mabucco or, um, you know, Trey Galloway um, and those guys? So, yeah, to me, this is all about Kansas, how Kansas is going to cut another slow start and you could be in trouble. So uh, to me, I think it comes down to perimeter play, who can hit shots, um, you know, who can take care of the basketball. And, and if there's a, a storm to be weathered early, how does Kansas handle that? It's an 1130 game. Um, you know, that's something that Kansas hasn't had. I don't think this year I'd have to go back and look, but yeah, so the, it's, it's, it's going to be a test for these guys. No doubt about it. Any updates on the recruiting trail? I know you talked about a potential five-star visitor coming in. Any, any updates with that or anything else the KU fans no, Bri- should know about? You know, Bri- Bryson visited, um, you know, had a great time. You know, I, I've reached out to a couple people, loved everything about it. The atmosphere, obviously Missouri against Missouri was Listen, that don't care about the final score. The five minutes leading up to that game, as far as the atmospheres goes, are as good as any in college basketball. 
Yes. Um, no, but I, he's going to take some visits. You know, you guys, I, I thought at some point, and we've discussed this nonstop, um, you know, that they would try to bring in a guy overseas. And right now, I just don't think that's happening. I think they're going to roll with what they have. And I don't think for, it's for a lack of effort. I just don't think they, that they found anybody that they think can come in and have an impact on this team. Um, I think that, that, the, that they are more than satisfied and have seen enough out of the guys that they have on this roster that they're willing to move forward with what they have and let the chips fall where they may. You know, you and, 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 and Coach Self said this today, you know, El Marco Jackson, according to Self, has earned the right to be that fifth starter. So mm-hmm. you've, got, you've got the starting five. Now it's five through nine. Can you get some production out of Furphy? Can he keep moving forward? Can you get something out of Nicholas Timberlake? Can he, you know, he takes some steps forward. Um, you know, can you continue to get something, um, you know, some production from Parker Braun, Jamari McDowell, um, those guys. So they have, they certainly have options off the bench. It's just a matter of those guys can continue to improve and progress at the rate that the coaching staff feels that they can. And, and if that happens, you know, Randy, the, uh, and I've said this, I think they've got a chance, a chance to be as good as any team in college basketball this season. People need, people need to remember that a year ago, you know, uh, Hunter Dickinson was at Michigan. Uh, you know, uh, El Marco Jackson was um, in high school. Um, you know, Johnny Furphy was overseas. So a lot of these guys that are playing basketball, contributing right now, um, a year ago were in different spots. So you talk about a Marquette that really had kind of had their way with Kansas. That team's been together for a long time. Let Kansas gel, let these guys come together, and and we'll see what happens in a few months. All right, Shay, we warned you about it earlier. We're going to pull up some questions now from the Allen Fieldhouse suite. First one. Okay, so it's a two-parter here from Silas Buddy. First part, number one, KU does not have a non-conference game in the middle of the league schedule this year. How disrupting was that in years past playing a non-conference foe in the middle of a tight Big 12 race? And, you know, Bill has said it uh, ad nauseum. You know, there's three parts of the season. There's the non-conference, there's the conference, and then there's the postseason. So you get to the non-conference, you prepare for really, Randy, in my opinion, the most important part of the season because it's the season that's going to get you ready for the ultimate goal, which is a national championship. You start, you prepare for the Big 12, you start playing conference opponents, and all of a sudden you have to step outside and prepare for, um, I think in, in, like recently, in recent years, it's been Kentucky, um, just as an example. So you've got to kind of shift what you're doing. So you get through the non-conference, you start conference play, and then all of a sudden you get a you get a, you get you have to step back out. I don't necessarily know if it's an inconvenience, but it's just like you know that nagging brother that won't leave you alone. It's just something that you have to deal with. You have to get through it, and then once you get through it, you can move on, and that's it. Um, but 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 I do think that it, it's when you get into conference play, you want to concentrate on the teams that you're going to be facing night in and night out and best prepare for those teams um, as best you can. And then when you kind of have a, a break in that and then you have to start it again, it's, it's, it's just kind of a pain in the rear end, to be honest with you. It's, it's, it's something that the, they do not enjoy. I can put it to you. Like if the staff, the staff would rather have it all non-conference and then conference and then roll into the tournament instead of having that kind of little break where you have to kind of take a step back and then step back into it. Because once you get started with conference play, you don't want to stop. You just want to keep moving forward. Okay, so the second part of Silas Buddy's question, with the unbalanced league schedule, is there any team that you feel like has a clear advantage over the rest of the Big 12 in how their schedule plays out? And I haven't looked at the, I haven't totally broken this down, Randy, but my response would be real simple. Two, twofold here. Any team that doesn't have to play Kansas twice and any team that gets Kansas at home and not on the road. 
not at Allen Fieldhouse. I think if you can avoid facing Kansas twice and you can make it to where, if you're one of the teams that make it to where Kansas comes to your place, I think you've put yourself in it. Here's the thing with the Big 12, and, and, and Bill has said this for years. you got to hold serve at home, and you got to steal a few on the road. Well, if you're facing Kansas twice, the likelihood of you winning at home and, and stealing a few on the road is, is, is unlikely whether you're playing in the Allen Fieldhouse or Kansas. So I think it's any team that avoids Kansas twice and any team that avoids coming to Allen Fieldhouse. Because we all know how that plays out 99.9% of the time. And that's not me being a Kansas guy with the glasses on. I mean, if you statistically, if you go back and look, that's just how it plays out. So I think oh, yeah. you want to avoid Kansas, playing Kansas twice, and you want to avoid Kansas at home. All right, next up, John Douglas with another question for you, Shay. Do you see Bill and the staff reevaluating who they target in the portal in terms of low major versus high major players? This is a good question. Right, low major, mid major, high major. Randy, I, first of all, I think it depends on, on the year, what you have coming in, what your needs are. At the end of last year, Bill made it clear. We want a big man that can get us 20 and 12. He got Henry Dickinson. We want a guy that can shoot what was, I don't know what he said, 35, whatever it was, percent. And that was Nick Timberlake. Okay. Here's the thing with transfers, uh, guys in the transfer portal. Okay. And this is, we've got a wide net that we can throw here because we've seen the difference. Let's take, for instance, a, a Remy Martin, right? Remy got here. Things didn't work out. Until the very end, at the very mm -hmm. end, he comes in during the NCAA tournament, saves. I don't want to say saves, but had an unbelievable tournament run. He was it, a big spark. Let's put it right, that way. Right, right. He didn't start, you know. And, and I'll have to go back and look, Randy. But I believe he was the preseason Big Twelve Player of the Year. Mm -hmm. Um, and and really throughout the uh, the injury, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to say, however you want to break it down, whatever you believe. Um, didn't play a significant amount during the regular season and gets his chance kind of late in the season, postseason, and has an unbelievable run. Okay. And people expected Remy Martin from the very, very beginning to have a huge impact on the Kansas program, and it didn't happen. Okay. Fast forward to this season Hunter Dickinson, Big 12 Player of the Year, preseason, averaging 20 and 12, right now leads the nation in rebounding. Um, couldn't have is hitting threes is down low playing with an attitude playing with an aggression that Kansas needs playing with a little bit of fire passion all that stuff um, take a look at Nick Timberlake so far and, and listen nobody wanted Nick Timberlake more than high major programs from coast to coast he visited Carolina he visited Connecticut the, the national champion in Kansas he could have gone anywhere and you guys, right now, at this particular moment, uh, 10 games into the season, it hasn't played out the way you wanted it to. That's just, I mean, that, those are the facts. I mean, right now, it's it's been a struggle for him. You go look at Cam Martin. It's been a struggle. It was a struggle for Cam Martin. Didn't make it. Um, you know, Joe Yesifu. It didn't work out for Joe. Um, you know, Parker Brown, when called upon, it has come in and played some nice minutes. It's made some big plays. Here's Here's my thought on the transfer portal. Year in and year out, I think Bill and his staff are going to bring in the players, high major, mid-major, whatever major you want, that they believe can have an impact on this team and will address the needs that they that they deem necessary. That's it. I, I'm not the, – the high, low, mid, I'm not – I don't look into that. The way I look at it is is they look at guys that they think can have an impact on this, on this program, heavily recruit them, and hope that they can bring them in. And it's kind of been a mixed bag so far. You know, it, it's been a mixed. You know, they they lost they lost uh, Ernest Uday. Um, they lost the, the the kid to uh, 
the St. John's, they brought in Parker Brown, and to me, it's been it's been a really good move. So I think it's each year it's just going to be based on situation. All right, next question. This one, this one's from our old buddy Knee Jerk. Knee, knee I know, I know, everybody loves Knee Jerk. My oh, man, find me a link. He says, "I wonder if KU is scheduling too heavily with too many high-profile games in the non-conference." That's that's a different perspective. No, um, I no, wonder. I, I, listen, I think if you're going to be c- compete for national, what's the, the lowest seed that, that Kansas has been under Bill Self? I believe is a four seed. Okay, year in and year out, they're contending for national championships. Okay. Year in and year, they're Big Twelve title winners, number one seeds. They they are playing the best of the best and generally winning those games. So no, I I think if you're a school like Kansas, and and I've heard guys talk about it, like like sometimes we'll we'll speak with a guy whether it be Kevin or Hunter or whatever it is, and they'll they'll we'll get ten minutes with them during a press conference, and then afterwards we'll talk with them for a few minutes. Bar none, the biggest reason most of those guys come here or come to Kansas is to play in big time games. Yep. They want Duke. They want Carolina. They want Michigan State. They want UCLA. They want to step outside and run out of that tunnel at Allen Fieldhouse with 16,300 fans to the hum and look across and see, a, uh, you know, whoever it is. A, a, I think next year they start a home and home with Carolina, I believe. I, th- I think that's right. I'll have to go back and look. But they want those games. They want to go to Hawaii and face the best and and the Bahamas. And yeah, it's, it's all about big-time I mean, games listen. and big-time atmospheres. Right. And when it and when March comes around and you're down three with 35 seconds to go and you look and you look back and hey you guys we've been here before what's we, we've done this so so no I think I think you 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 cost yourself um, a lot if you replace those games with ho hum 30 point victories because at the end of the day you don't really learn a, lo- a lot about who you are as a team I will say this with with the schedule that coach self plays, it can make it difficult at times to get the necessary um, the necessary playing time for some of those younger guys. So you sacrifice that. You do. But I think it's you sacrifice it for the ultimate cause, which is getting to where you want to be at the end of the season and being best prepared to make the run that everybody wants to make. There's always going to be enough pie for everybody. If, if right. you're willing to sacrifice, and I, no, I think I think the schedule, I think the people at the University of Kansas that do the schedule that make it all possible, I think I think they do it with the best interest of the program at heart, and I think Coach Self would tell you that wholeheartedly, absolutely. Just if you can avoid the non-conference games in the middle of conference play. All right, last question. This one from Hawks J. For the fans who've been paying attention for the last 20 years, there's a sense that questioning Bill Self is a fool's errand. And also that he renders emotional investment in following recruiting kind of a waste of time. Uh, um, <laughs> okay, you, here's the thing, you guys. Message boards are great for discussion. I mean, I, I, I'm not – whatever the discussion may be, it's here's the thing, you guys. I think people spend a lot of time worrying about things that they have no control over and at the end of the day that's not going to matter here's my take on it you guys people can criticize bill self and they can think about what they want about recruiting and this and that here's the thing after 21 years i think bill self has has given should has given the fans a sense of you guys everything is going to be all right every everything is going to be all right 
whether you're emotionally invested in the recruiting aspect or if the the, the Randy, let me hey listen, let me get on the board. Let me I want to read that again. Do I have time to read that again real quick? Here, I'll read it to you again. Okay. For the fans who've been paying attention for the last 20 years, there's a sense that questioning Bill Self is a fool's errand and that okay, he renders – okay. Listen, question Bill Self all you want, okay? That's what message I, – I, whatever I say here today isn't going to change the minds of anybody, okay? Question Bill Self if you want to, okay? I We know what it's like on the message boards after a loss. And, Randy, right. you've been there, and I know John's mm-hmm. been there too. You would think that the world is coming to an end, Okay. How many times have they lost two in a row or three in a row? How many times? When was the last time that Kansas legitimately wasn't up for a number one seed or in the conversation for national title contender? Look at what Kansas roster was a year ago compared to what it was now. Look at the guys they've lost and look where they're at. Bill Self, no matter what, is going to find a way to get back to where he wants to be at and compete for national titles. That's it. So if you want to question Bill Self, and if people want to get all in harm's way after a loss and if people want to get all up and upset and uh, listen, that's what message boards are about. Here's my thing on the message boards. Talk about it. The only thing I ask is you be respectful. So if they want to question Bill, question Bill. But I think at the end of the day, he has he people should know now that with Bill Self at the helm at the University of Kansas, everything is going to be all right. I think Bob Marley said that. I think that's a Bob Marley song. <laughs> you have listen. There are no so question them. I I just don't know what good it's going to do, um, because of his record. I mean, my God, man, just look at the right. Look at what he's done. People, he, Kansas lost to Marquette, and the world was ending. Yep. Thirteen hours later, they beat Tennessee, uh, and they haven't lost since. I mean, so we'll see what happens tomorrow, but. Yeah, I just here's the thing, you guys. Bill Self is no different than any other coach. He's open to criticism. Um, he's he's open to be, um, what's the word I want to say, uh, uh, criticized or you know judged for this or that or or whatever the case may be. But I think at the end of the day, he's. I, I think Kansas fans have nothing to worry about as long as Bill Self is running the show here. And that's that's kind of my thought on it. But, I, but I, it's it's kind of like, you know, Randy, you and I could sit here and criticize the Chiefs, right? And maybe mm-hmm. the, the people that are closer to it, the, the beat writers and things would see it differently. I mean, you and I could sit here all day long and, and, and criticize, hey, why didn't they bring in a wide receiver? Why didn't they do this or that? Or So I think it's human nature, especially when you're not close to it like we are. Um, to be a little bit more critical of things because you're not seeing them from the lens that we are, if that makes sense. I think I think that's the best way I can describe it because I'm terribly critical about the Chiefs, a team that's hosted five straight AFC title games and has been to three Super Bowls um, and has won two. So I just I think it's kind of where you're at and your perspective and kind of how you're looking at things. That is the final word from our man Shea Wildeboer. Shea. Thank you for for bringing the passion and answering some questions from the board. We are looking forward to this game against Indiana. We will talk with you soon to recap the hopefully will be a big win over the Hoosiers and the lead up to a big Christmas holiday for everybody. Let's go. All right, man. You guys have a good night. Thanks again for your time. Thank you, Shay. That's Shay Wildeboer on the men's basketball beat. We're going to switch gears now, bringing my man John Kirby. And, John, it is time to talk Kansas football. And, you know, there is a lot going on. And it's not just the live construction or destruction camera at Memorial Stadium, which I will admit I have been watching. It is kind of mesmerizing. Maybe I'm a weirdo, but I have been looking at it. Um, have you had a chance to check in on it at all? I mean, they, yeah. they reached 
the North Bowl today. I was when I pulled yeah. that up, I was like, I love the social media post. Honey, wake up! They reached the North Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've only, uh, yeah, I've only pulled it up probably 110 times. <laughs> I'm glad. You know what? It's good. Restraint is 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 good, John. You know, the team got back to practice last weekend and they're getting ready for this bowl game against UNLV. It's kind of feels like we're in, you know, it's a little bit of a lull, kind of a calm before the storm, don't you think? Yeah, it is, Randy. You know, they practiced uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then they gave everybody off. Coaches get on the road recruiting. Then they'll go again Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week. Uh, get a chance to give some young kids, start doing some game install and getting ready for UNLV. But you're right. We're kind of in this weird period where things haven't been as crazy in the portal, it doesn't feel like. Coaches have been on the road trying to get all the recruits and make sure they're good for signing day. And and listen, signing day's next Wednesday. You get a couple days off and then boom, the team's in Phoenix. They're, they're there getting ready for the bowl game. So it is kind of the calm between the storm, but it's also been, I feel, I don't want to say slow, but I just don't feel, I guess the last two years we've been chasing guys in the portal. You know, they're signing 10, 11, 12 guys in the portal last year. And right now, at least hopefully it doesn't look like they're going to get there. And maybe it just hasn't been quite as busy at this time of year. It feels like. You know, I, I think that's a great point. And, and the you know, talking about the transfer portal, the big talk has been that uh, with the portal in NIL is that sometimes we're reminded that it just it's just different. You know, there are just different times in the way that all this kind of works out. There's been some news and, and additions and subtractions for this roster as well. I mean, it seems like everybody else has had so much more roster movement than Lance Leipold's program. What have you seen so far, and kind of what's been your take? You said it was going to be quiet, and for the most part, it really has been for the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, you know, it, it has been. You know, the probably the biggest thing that's come from this, well, well, two things I would say. is Number one, today Gage Keys went in the portal, okay? And that, mm-hmm. that, that was a hit. That was definitely a hit. Uh, they picked up Deshaun Hanneke, who, who we'll hear from shortly tight end from Iowa State. And then I'm tracking a couple other names. So we're going to kind of stay tuned to the site, see what I can come up with, see what develops here. But but I got to tell you, you know, you talked about NIL. I feel like there's a spotlight, Randy, on the NIL more than there has been in recent years because now people are starting to throw numbers out. You heard Matt Rule come out and say, to get a quarterback, you're going to be need to be between one and one and a half million. And mm-hmm. I don't know that that's always right, but but there's a lot of money getting thrown around out there. And you know, I I know there's people who have different takes on it. You know, I've talked to people who I've known for a long time that are donors, and some guys just say, "Hey, you know, I just I don't believe in donating to NIL." Like there's guys that just say, "I'll give to the university, I'll give to the Williams Fund, but I'm not going to just put my money in NIL." Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I got to tell you, this NIL is here right now, unless legislature changes or, or what happens with all of the states until the rules change and it, people are going to have to embrace this. Okay. Or it's going to be tough to field a competitive football program. I, I know that almost sounds like a threat, 
but it's not. I talk to people in the NIL industry all the time. I'll tell you what, in one of our upcoming podcasts, I'm thinking about getting Mitt Winter on. He's awesome. He is great to to talk with and just have him come on and explain it. And and I know he's he said a lot of good things about mass strategies and, and thinks KU's NIL is really good. But uh-huh. I'll use an example about gauge keys, okay? And this is where NIL and just the relationships and, and where things are in college football today. This is something a lot of people don't bring up or they forget. Gage Keys is at KU because of Jim Panagos, KU's D-line coach. Okay, Panagos signed him at Minnesota. Keys trusts Panagos. The family trusts him. There's been a relationship built over time. He comes in. He plays one year. Okay, and I have no, I, I have no doubt that there's going to be a better NIL opportunity from somewhere out there that needs a defensive lineman that's probably going to take care of Keys, and that's what he decided to do. But he, the, the fact that Gage Keys is going to leave after one year on Panagos, who he has a good relationship with and he trusts, and he came to KU because Panagos is the main reason. That shows you right there that no player is safe, okay? True. If if Gage Keys can bolt on Panagos, any one of these guys can leave KU's program and go somewhere else. And that's just the world we're in. They've got, you know, it's a weird deal, Randy, because, see, none of the NIL money can come from KU, okay? That's another thing. You know, I have people all the time that says, well, KU's got to step up. No, no, no. KU can't step up. Now, what KU can do is they can be aggressive with their Williams Fund people and Travis Goff and the guys in the athletic department like Jason Booker and let the alums know and donors know, we need your help here. I mean, the way this thing is going, a program cannot succeed without good NIL. So, you know, you kind of asked me about the portal and the NIL, and that's kind of my rant that this thing is this here to stay and it's going to have to be addressed. You know, John just talked about the addition of tight end Sean Hanneke. And we mentioned earlier, we were going to have him join us tonight on the podcast. Deshaun comes on right now and is going to tell us about his decision to become a Kansas Jayhawk. We are joined by the first commitment from the transfer portal in the 2024 class, Deshaun Hanneke, who is transferring from Iowa State, but he played his high school football at Topeka Hayden. Deshaun, how you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be a Jayhawk. Man, congrats on the commitment. You know, Thank you. I know you visited over the weekend. You got to see the team go through practice. You got to talk with the coaches and then go to the basketball game. Just tell me about being around the staff and watching practice. You know, what was your take? Uh, you know, I was really impressed with practice, uh, how Coach Leipold runs his practices, the organization, the energy that everyone seemed to have, you know, in late December. I mean, they were flying around like it was early August in fall camp. So that was that made me feel really good. And then, you know, sitting down with uh, Coach Z and uh, the new tight ends coach, Coach Grimes, and I felt like we all really hit it off, and I was happy to hear what they had to say, um, you know, how they would use me. And then um, – you know, I've been talking to uh, to Jalen Daniels a little bit um, here and there, and 
you know, he's he said that he's ready to do big things and, and to shock the world. And, you know, it's hard not to play for a quarterback that, that thinks like me and, and that wants the same thing. So, I mean, I think it was a pretty easy fit. You know, you were probably the first recruit that got a chance to talk to Coach Grimes. He got in Friday night, and then you got a chance to talk with him Saturday. You know, what was just your impressions of talking with him? You know, he, he's a very smart coach. Uh, he's been around the business a long time. He knows what he's doing. He's had great success with tight ends. And, um, you know, he, he sat me down, and, and he was completely honest with me. And, he, you know, he told me what he could help me with. Um, and how I how I'd fit really well in his system, and and I I was blown away by all of his knowledge, and and I couldn't think of a better coach that was recruiting me than him. And uh, I'm happy to be in his room, and I'm happy to I'm happy to help excel the tight end room there. You know they're they're good right now. They're really good right now with um, Mason and and Casey, and uh, I'm just excited to be a part of that room and and to do something special in Lawrence. You know, I know a lot of this started with the in-home visit you got from Rob Ionello and you got the offer that night. You know, what did the coaching staff, when they when they offered you and they talked to you, what did they like about your film and what you can bring to the program? They kept telling me that they like they like how big and how fast I was. Um, you know, they kept saying it, it's hard to find, you know, big-body tight ends that can move like I do and, and that they had really big plans for – for what I can do in that offense and the things that I can open up for the offense. And, and they're just really excited about my speed and my ball skills and, and my physicality in the, in the run game. All right. Being from Topeka, how much did it play into your decision that your family and friends can come watch you play and they're close by? I would say that that, that was a big, a big part of my decision. Um, I, had a, I had a rough summer, um, you know, some unfortunate events, but – you know, I think that, that that happened for a reason. I believe that, that God does everything for a reason. So, you know, he put me in the position to, to get closer to my family and, and to come back home and, and really be close with them and enjoy all the success that I could have at Kansas with them. You know, you've been in the Big 12, you've been at Iowa State, and you've had a chance to watch the Kansas program develop and get better. You know, what's your take on watching KU the last couple of years? It's definitely not the Kansas that I remember growing up with. Um, they've Coach Leipold came in, and, and they've done a complete 180. Um, you know, they're a very respected team now in the conference, um, if not one of the top teams in the conference now. And, uh, you know, with 90% of their guys coming back, I mean, they're ready, they're ready to go win a Big 12 championship, and, and I want to be a part of that. You know, last question for you. You go in the portal. The recruiting, it's all behind you. Just tell me how this feels to be a Jayhawk and have all this done. It's it's a big weight off my shoulders, off me and my fiance's shoulders. You know, um, I can finally sit and just enjoy it and uh, just be happy to be home 30 minutes away from family. Um, you know, they, they're, they'll be there for us. They'll be there for me, for my fiance, and, and I'm, I'm just happy. I'm truly happy to become a Jayhawk. All right, folks, that is Deshaun Hanneke, who is the first commitment from the portal, and he's going to arrive in campus on in January. Deshaun, thank you very much for joining us, and I, I definitely look forward to covering you as a Jayhawk next year. Thank you. I look forward to it. Kirby, what do you think Hanneke brings to the tight end position? Yeah, you know, he's um, 
big athletic body. You know, he's close to 6'6", 240 pounds, and there's a couple clips out there of him catching touchdowns. And when you watch him, the one he caught against TCU in 2022, it's like a drag route where he's running across the field, and he probably goes half the field in a full sprint. I mean, he can move. He's an athletic Mm -hmm. kid. You know, in 2022, Iowa State struggled a little bit throwing the football. But he was he was like their main tight end target. So, you know, KU kind of zeroed in on him and went after him, and they needed a tight end. So I think he's going to be a good fit. And like you just heard him say, you know, he wants to play close to home, to family, be near friends with his fiance. So, you know, Randy, there's, there's some recruits that are just good fits, and Deshaun Hannock is a good fit for KU, and he happened to be there, and, and everything worked out. What else is happening with recruiting right now, John? Well, we, you know, we got signing day coming up, which we touched on. That That's uh, coming up on Wednesday, and I know we'll get ready for our, our signing day and bowl podcast. We're still kind of working on that. We might tie everything in together. You know, coaches are out on the road. This is it, man. This is their uh, couple more days on the road, then this is the last week in official visit. So they're just – they're out meeting with all the guys who are going to sign and make sure everything's going smooth. And, and right now it looks that it looks that way. Um, you know, the portal is still going to be dependent on how many players leave KU and, you know, Randy, <laughs> it, it's, it's the bowl season getting ready to hit. And I'm just telling you, we had the first two or three days, the portal was open was nuts. Okay. And then it's kind of tapered off a little bit. I think after the bowl season, I don't think it's going to be as crazy as it was those first three days when the portal first opened, but you're going to see kids enter. And I'm just telling you, it's a nervous and an anxious time around football offices all over the country. And that includes KU. So, you know, we're going to have to watch that and see how much action is going to be in the portal is going to be dependent on how many players could leave the program. And I will be shocked if they get through the bowl season and get through it without anyone leaving. I think somebody's going to leave. I don't know who that's going to be. I just think it's what's going on in the times now. Hey, and I, I do want to throw this out. Congratulations to KU commit Ja'Cory Stewart. His team won the state championship in Georgia. I, yes. watched, I watched that game last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. You talk about some Jimmys and Joes on the field. Um Stewart's quarterback throws a nice ball. He's committed to the University of Miami. The, the team they're playing, the quarterback's committed to Wake Forest, and, and they do some good stuff on offense. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, man, Ja'Cory Stewart's team, they got some corners and safeties that can run and, and, and play some man-to-man. And I didn't know much about them, so I go look them up. Well, they got three defensive backs committed to Tennessee. Oh wow! So, so I'm like, okay, these You're guys, solid. these guys are the real deal. I mean, there's a reason that Kirby Smart's there at the game down on the field, right? But no, congratulations to Jacory Stewart. He he picks off a a pass, kind of read it, picked it off. Maybe I don't know, maybe the five ten yard line, and just runs it in. And that was that was the pick that sealed the game, and they won the state championship. All right, Kirby, you ready to answer some questions from the boards? Boy, I am. Oh, I am after after hearing Shay, man. Now I might have to go get a drink of water. People are they're coming for you tonight. Let's get started. Get right into this. Winnie asks, excluding potential transfers, how do you see known departures due to graduation being filled? Specifically, 
Pooney and Nowitzki on the OL, and Phillips, Young, Miller, and Logan on defense. Well, that, that's going to have to come from the portal. I mean, the, KU's philosophy is you replace old guys with old guys or experienced guys, okay? So now, sure, you have the guys in the program, like we, you mentioned Young and Miller. Sure, you've got like a Logan Brantley, okay? But, I mean, when you talk about replacing them, if you're talking about players that we don't have now that we're talking about, then those guys are going to come from the portal. All right, so AM Bulldogger asks, any true freshman you expect to see snaps during the bowl game, even if it's just on special teams? And then do the Hawks cover the spread at the time, basically at the time of the podcast recording? So do you think they're going to cover the cover the spread as of now? Um, what, what was the first question? The first part of it was, do you expect any true freshman to see snaps during the bowl game, even if it's just on special teams? Yeah, I don't know. You know, you you know, you can do that now, and it doesn't count against your eligibility. So you can play in the bowl, but I, this is the way I look at it is, if you're going to play in the bowl, then you would have played in the, some in the last few games. Yeah, okay? good point. So, so I, you know, I just don't know what the plan is there for that. Do they cover the spread? Um, God, I don't know. I haven't even looked what the spread was. I thought it was like 13 or 12, or then I saw 11 and a half, but I haven't looked in the last few days. So... You know, Randy, ooh, boy, that's a tough question. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go. I'll go ahead and say yes. I, I do have some concerns that you know, just the everybody getting up for this game, and you know, UNLV getting up for it and taking it serious. It's their first bowl game in a long time. But but I keep thinking back to that road game against Cincinnati. I thought Cincinnati was a type of team that might be able to give Kansas some challenges. It, it, you know, it was a senior night at their stadium, a night game. And it was like 14-10. And then KU just pulled away. So I sit here and say, you know, that was a road game. Is UNLV better than Cincinnati? No. So, you know, I'll say that I'll say they cover. I'm not telling anybody to go. You don't don't take my advice and go bet on it right now. <laughs> All right. So Schaller2134 asks, will the Hawks ever fulfill their destiny and win by 17? This I saw this <laughs> earlier. I was like, that is a great question. <laughs> yeah, they, they've got to, right? I mean, Hawks by 17. I mean, that that's our boy Bri Bri who, who phrased that. So It's been listen, his rallying cry for as long as I can remember. Ha, that that have they, have they not won by 17 since all that? God, that, that'd no. be crazy if they have. Well, they will. They'll win by 17. All right. So next up, KU for Life says, it seems like our staff loves to recruit high-end talent on winning programs. When looking to future classes, should we just assume that staff will primarily recruit from the better high school programs? Well, I I think that kind of goes hand-in-hand, hand, right? Like your better high school programs are the ones with the better players, right? Exactly. I mean, That's where the so, better talent wins games. Well, it, it, Randy, think about this. How many high school teams do you see with one or two D1 guys on it who aren't very good. That's a good point. Not many. You you rarely see that. Right. So, you know, I I don't know if it's just coincidence that a lot of the guys that they've got in this class have come from, you know, good programs. You know, Dak Brinkley is at Houston at Katy. I mean, they're they're friggin' loaded. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. really good. So, yeah, a lot of these guys, I mean, we followed Isaiah Marshall and we followed the guys at Desert Edge who – 
man, they got they got hosed in their state title game. They should have won that game on that phantom call on the two-point conversion. But, yeah, there's been a lot of guys in this class who've played on good high school programs that had success this year. All right, so let's see. Silas Buddy, he's got two questions. Do you see the KU offense or defense making any changes in the offseason in regards to schemes or emphasis with the change in coordinators and staff promotions on both sides of the ball? No way. Um, no. Um, they're going to do offensively, and, and I'm sure this will come from Leipold to Grimes to Zabrowski. They're going to do, because they're bringing back still a lot of skill and a lot of people on offense, so they're not going to change what they do. And they're definitely not going to change what they do on defense, which is one of the biggest untold stories of the year is, you know, KU went from last to like fourth in total defense and sixth in scoring defense. So there's no reason to change anything they're doing. Okay, so the second part of Silas's question, are any of the freshmen coming in going to get major minutes? How happy is the staff with the Aussie punter and his development? Uh, well, any of the freshmen, I, I assume, I, I don't know if he's talking about the freshmen now who will be coming in or the guys who will be be freshman. It says, it says, are any of the freshmen coming in going to get major minutes? So, okay. Yeah, let's talk about the guys yeah. that are going to sign. Um, boy, that's that's a hard question to answer, and I'll tell you why. I mean, look at this year. Every single freshman is going to redshirt. I mean, I can't remember the last time that's it's happened. It's been a long time. Yeah, My that, gosh. That hasn't happened at KU football in a long time. But you, listen, there, there, there's somebody like DJ Warner. Sure, he's got the talent to play early. I mean, there are guys that have the ability to play early. I just don't know how it's all going to shake out. That's a that's a good question. It's a hard question to answer. And then what was the other part? Uh, how how happy is the staff with the Australian punter's development? Well, he'll be fine. He's got talent. This is his first time ever playing American football. So, you know, hey, they've got him on scholarship for the next three years. So he'll be the guy back there. All right. So Jayhawk Zona who's one of our regulars, obviously a guy that posts a ton, asking, is the KUAD selling their allotment of 2024-25 playoff tickets yet? That's a good question. <laughs> their allotment of playoff tickets? I, I don't know if they have an allotment. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 oh, they have to have. I mean, they they know we're coming. They they know KU's going to be there. I mean, Hawks by 17, we're going to end up in the college football <laughs> playoff next year. Come on, yeah. John. Yeah. Zona, that's a crazy question. All right, no, what's the next question? Okay, so JN309 asks, when the 2024 season is over, what QB will have taken the most snaps? Well, you better hope it's Jalen Daniels, okay? Yes. Because, because here's the difference now. Starting next year, there is no more Jason Bean, okay? Jason Bean has been able to come off that bench for the last two years and save the quarterback position. And, and, and trust me on this, this is no knock on Isaiah Marshall or Cole Ballard. Cole Ballard came in and and did an admirable job, but I don't know if Cole Ballard can carry a team for four or five games in a start. Okay, Isaiah Marshall's going to be just a pup showing up in January, and he's got a lot to learn. He's got a lot of talent. He's fun to watch, and he I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. Agreed. I just do, I just don't know if it's going to be next year. So when somebody says when the twenty twenty four season is over, what quarterback has the most snaps? Jayhawk fans better be hoping it's Jalen Daniels. All right, so a, this another 
really important question from our guy, more steam whistle. He wants oh to know in all caps, where are the troughs? they're probably in a dump truck on the way to a landfill right now um i don't know let's let's hope let's hope that's exactly where they are yeah Uh, that's that's a type of question i expect from more steam whistle oh no doubt hey he is nothing if not consistent we do know that John Douglas says, do you think we see any of the non-freshman defensive linemen, guys like Marcus Calvin, Blake Herford, Tony Terry on the field next year? Uh, that Blake Harold. Um, right now, just little things I've heard. I, I'd say I'd put my vote right now on, Marvis, on Marcus Calvin of that group. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Block and tackle. Really good name. He asks about... Let's see. It says early ready on 25 recruits. So I'm going to say, yo, just looking looking ahead to the 2025 class, who who are we sitting in good position with at this point? I know it's super early. Is there anybody that you'd say, hey, they're in a good place with this kid? It's too early. Okay. And, And let me tell you why it's too early, Randy. They are chasing. They are in the game with a lot of quality recruits. Okay, this is different. This is different territory than what we've been talking about with Kansas football in recent years. They have a fighting chance with a lot of the guys that they're on, especially the local guys. That the, the local kids, and they're starting to look at Kansas football differently, but it's still too early to tell where they sit with them. Like, are they one? Are they two? Are they just in the top five? So you got to ask me that maybe more in the spring. Okay. All right. So Alpha Romeo says KU is after several guys on the newly released Rivals 250 for 2025. Perfect transition to this one. Which of them do we have the best shot with, or do you think they're all long shots and we shouldn't hold our breath? I know you kind of really already answered this, but yeah, I'll let you say it again. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the question before, but at the same time, you know, he's he's kind of ta- talking about more the some of the guys in the Rivals 250, which are the more the legit guys. And again, I think Kansas is in there. No, you don't hold your breath. I mean, and no, I don't think they are long shots right now. I think these kids are listening to KU. They're picking up the phone. They're answering the text messages, which is something different that we couldn't say in the past. Okay, so J.K. Ringer asks, who are some of the young guys that redshirted this year that you've heard might make a push for the two deep next year? Good question. Mm, yeah, that is a good question. That's a tough one, too. Um, Taylor Davis would be one. Uh, Logan Brantley would be another. I'll tell you who I heard good things about. Johnny Thompson, the running back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, here's your thing, though. If if Hyshaw and Neal come back, man, it's hard to get on the field. Yeah. Right? No I mean, question. I mean, I, well, Hyshaw should be back. The question's whether Neal's back. Um, you know, I've heard good things about Marcus Calvin I touched on. Keaton Kubeka. So there's a few right there that just come off the top of my head. Okay, so Matty Ice wants to know, he said, December 25th in Phoenix, what bar are you and us slant members going to meet up at for some eggnog and to talk KU football? (laughs) Give me the beginning of that question again. He said, December 25th in Phoenix. He's saying Christmas in Phoenix, which I know that's out right there. Yeah, so I'm I'm not heading down to the morning of the 26th, okay? So, but... Don't hold the party up because I'm not there. So 
everybody <laughs> everybody get together and have some fun. Okay, so now it's time to read questions from Joe Lebo, and as you would expect, Joe Lebo has written it's it, he has it's it's a book. So so hey hey, me... I gotta stop you. I gotta stop you before you get into this. And I don't know when it is or where it is. I know we we talked about some of these questions. I think one that was left off. Um, because you and I talked about everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go find it real quick. Sorry to sorry to slow this podcast up, but there there was a a question that I don't know if it made it onto our Q and A, and it was. And I want I want to we're gonna get back to Jaliba, but I <laughs> I gotta read this question. I can't I don't even remember who asked it to be honest with you, but the question was, and I'll go ahead and ask the question. Oh, here we go. Okay. Schaller two one three four. He said, if Bring Back Mangino, Team Ramrod, and more Steam Whistle were in a cage match, <laughs> who, who would win? Okay. This is a fantastic question. We need more questions like this. That's right. So my answer on that one, because I saw that earlier, I'm going with Team Ramrod. Number one, I think Team Ramrod, he'd just cheat. He'd just cheat and be nastier. That man's crazy. Yes, but, I agree with you completely. But Team Ramrod watches all the WWE stuff, man. He he That's knows what, what to do. He is a big pro wrestling guy, but he's also a big hardcore wrestling guy. He he he'll bust out that kendo stick and a trash can, and somebody's going to end up bleeding. That's right. T- Team Ramrod will get you in the figure four leg lock and the sleeper hold. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go back to Jolibo's question. Okay. Sorry. To- Oh no, not at all. That that was good. All right, so Joe Lebo, here we go. Let me let me take a deep breath and maybe hit, take get a drink of water here. Number one, any rumors for when the twenty twenty four Big Twelve schedule will be released? With KU not one hundred percent sure of where they're playing home games in twenty twenty four, and now adding four more teams, do you think that is impacting any of the delay? I ask because the SEC just revealed their twenty twenty four schedules, and we know who and where every 2024 Big 12 team is playing. Yeah, so I'm going to catch my breath and I'll let you talk. Yeah, well, <laughs> actually, my answer short. My my answer shorter than the question. I asked around on this and I just heard it'll be coming soon, but people did not know an exact date. So, okay, th- that's all I know on that one. Okay, so the second part of this to Randy and JK. Okay, how long have y'all attended games in the old stadium? Any untold stories you can share and or share your thoughts and feelings with seeing the old stadium finally being torn down. Man. I'll let you go first on that. Well, I was at, uh, my first game there was 84. I was in middle school. That that was my first KU football game. Um, you know, when you look back at games that were played there, that 2004 game against Kansas State, mm-hmm. the 2007 game against Nebraska, I'll, I'll tell you what I remember working working there as a member of the media back in the day before all the media would come up to events Mangino would always hold like a closed practice but he would let media in and it was Mm -hmm. always me and Tom Keegan and then Mangino would always talk with us and we would go back underneath the stadium and (laughs) Mangino would just come out of practice and me and Keegan and Mangino would be sitting there underneath the bleachers 
in memorial there and we just chat with him uh, there's one, the, one of the most funny things i remember is mangino said oh we, we got to watch practice and we noticed that angus quigley was playing defense and not offense because they brought angus quigley as a running back and i remember keegan goes hey coach i i saw angus quigley over there working on the defense is that a permanent thing and mangino goes yeah yeah, I think it's going to be permanent. And Keegan goes, oh, okay. It, 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 was there a reason behind that? And Mangino looked at him and goes, you know, Tom, it's a pad level thing. <laughs> if, you, if you know Mangino, he could always come up with a football phrase or a football term oh, yeah. that, that basically lets you know, listen, we moved him, okay? If you want to write something or you want to say something, just call it a pad level thing. Right? <laughs> it's a pad level thing. But no, man, there's been so many great memories. And hey, there's been, been a lot of bad ones too, right? And that's what probably keeps everybody coming back to KU football is everybody said, hey, man, this thing's got to turn at some point. But, you know, hey, newer and bigger things coming. Oh, yeah. You know, for me, my my first game there uh, was actually my freshman year, um, and it was it was uh, it was the last time before this year that the Jayhawks beat Oklahoma in Memorial Stadium back oh, in 1997. Yeah. Uh, that Terry Allen squad that beat John Blake's Sooners. Um, yeah, was that on a missed field goal at the end? Uh, you know what? I don't. I think it was. All I know is Ron Warner was everywhere in that game. Yeah. And Derek Van had that long, long yeah. touchdown run. Um, I was sitting in the bowl for that when my folks came up because uh, we lived in a little town in southwestern Oklahoma till I was 10 years old. And so I grew up watching OU and have always paid attention to the Sooners. And that was that was the first time uh we'd ever had a chance to see OU in person. It was first KU game that we'd been to. So uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't go the way we expected to for the Jayhawks. That is for sure. Uh, Hey, I was, I remember, was it 85? Might've been 85. I can't remember if it was 85 or 86. Well, one year Oklahoma came in and boy, they were loaded. I mean, they were loaded for bear. Mm Mm-hmm. Those teams back then with Jamel Holloway at quarterback and, oh, and yeah. Charles Thompson. Yeah, and Thomas Lott. Keith, uh-huh. Yeah. Keith Jackson playing tight end. Um, yeah, they, they had they had dudes back then. Um, you know, one of the games that I – you know, just talking about memorable games that we can move on after this. Um, I will never forget the Northwestern game uh, during the Mangino era when it rained – Oh, yeah. rained and did not stop raining. And this was when I was working as a reporter for Channel 6. I was out there with a camera on my shoulder with the rain gear and everything over it. The camera quit, not because the battery died. The camera quit because it was wet Yeah, by about halfway through the second quarter. So I go to the station I sit that one out, basically sit it by an air conditioner vent. And I'm like, well, this is the best I can do and go and get another one and go basically fill another camera full of water. And yeah, that, that was the kind of day it was. I'm still shocked that I didn't get a bill for two different cameras at about 20,000 each, but somehow, Hey, they dried out and they worked again. So that was 
that was easily one of the most memorable and most maybe scariest football games that I have ever been to. So next question, um, this one's from Cat Sandwich, and we're almost to the end of the questions here, John. Cat Sandwich says, do you think that we, quote, rolled snake eyes with Graves and Keller? How do you see the punting and kicking shaping up for next season? And do we have a kicker in the – do we go after a kicker in the portal? And what do you know about the new punter? So a lot of, a lot of kicking and punting questions there for you, Curb. Yeah. Okay. So first, of all, I'll go backwards. I really don't know much about the new punter. Um, that he's the PWO that just committed, and I'm I'm going to get to the PWO stuff here. It's def it's definitely not one of the priorities right now. As I'm following, just you know, the rest of the the class and then the portal. But but I got to tell you, I don't I don't think they rolled snake eyes on on Graves and Keller, and and I'll tell you why. I just looked this up. Um, the day before, and I'm pretty certain my numbers are right on this. You know, Keller was 11 of 14 for the year, kicking field goals. We've we've seen a lot worse at KU, okay? Yes. And, and Keller came from Texas State, where he was a D1 kicker. He he had made like 88 percent of his field goals at the D1 level. So I, I don't I don't I don't have an issue with that scholarship on a kid who was proven and put up good numbers. And this is Greaves' first season. So, I mean, he, he's come from Australia. He, he'll get the hang of it. I hear he is talented, and they like him a lot. On Will they go after a kicker in the portal? Absolutely not. Everything that I've heard, they are going to let Piper Gerdes and, um, oh, crap, now the, his name's escaping me from uh, Blue Valley High School that went to Nebraska, uh, Weinrich. They're, they're going to let go. those two. I was going to say, yeah, Charlie Weinrich. Yeah, they're going to let those two guys battle it out. So there, there's your answer there. Okay. Greg DeVoe, 42. What players, if any, from the Leipold recruited high school players do you expect to take a big step forward next year? Well, I think that this goes a little bit hand in hand with what I've already, you know, given the answer to in the earlier, some of the guys that we accept to expect to step up. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So in that case, then, the last question, and man, it's been a long time getting to this question. This has been a this has been a long Q and A, Kirby. All right, so Florida Jayhawk, what differences will we see in the offense with moving from Andy Kotelnicki to Coach Zabrowski in the bowl game, and then from Zabrowski to Grimes next season? Yeah, I don't think we see much at all. Hey, I just um, right as we were doing this podcast, I just got a note that. I get a chance to go up to Lawrence and talk to Coach Z and Coach Grimes on Friday, so that that'll be interesting. Uh, when I I can talk to him about this kind of stuff, but I don't think I don't think you're going to see a lot at all. I think Lance Leipold's going to say, "Hey guys, this is what's got us here. This is what's got us to build the program. We've got our running backs back. We've got several offensive linemen back. We've got several receivers back. I want to keep this thing looking like the way that got us here. You know, don't." Don't change what got you to where you are. So I, I just don't see the system changing. Kirby, that is it. That is the final word, and that will do it for this edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We answered so many questions from the message board. We talked with Shea Wildeborg at the latest on Kansas basketball, talked a little bit about the upcoming matchup this weekend against Indiana, talked basketball recruiting, and a little bit of the state of the state of Kansas basketball as we get close to Christmas. Kirby and I talked recruiting. We previewed 
talked a little bit more, not really preview, but kind of got into the bowl game matchup a little bit against UNLV and looked ahead with lots and lots of questions about recruiting and the portal. You are ready for the Christmas holiday. You've got all the ammunition you need to be the smart guy at your house this holiday that knows everything about the Kansas Jayhawks. And if you've got friends, if you've got family that are Kansas fans and you're looking for, hey, what's the best thing I can give them? Give them a subscription to Jayhawk Slant. There is no better gift for a true Jayhawk fan than access to the best coverage anywhere on the internet of the Kansas men's basketball program and Kansas football. If nothing else, hey, send them a link to the podcast. Give them them the first one free, and then we get them hooked and get them in and introduce them to all the glory that is the Allen Fieldhouse and Memorial Stadium Suites. For my man, Shea Wildeboer, for my man, John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We will talk with you again soon. This has been a podcast from JayhawkSlant.com.